Welcome to Rocket Ship, the podcast where web developers learn the skills and secrets to ship awesome mobile apps. I'm Simon Grimm, creator of Galaxies.dev, and today with me is Alberto Moidano, also known as Coding with Beto. Encantado. Gracias. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Beto. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you, Simon, for inviting me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So Beto, if you haven't checked him out, he has a somewhat successful YouTube channel. Actually, he has two channels. Uh, we will get into that. And Beto has released several iOS and Android apps and even an Amazon App Store app. So I'm also curious what that is about. Uh, we're going to have a lot of topics. You've released really several apps that I tried to install. You have both a Spanish and an English YouTube channel, which is, uh, I think, somewhat unique. And you're also uh, in your normal life work as a, a software developer. I think you work like you're coming from Mexico, you live in the United States, and you work for a Spanish company in Tenerife. Did I get that right? Yeah, I work for a company in based in Canarian Islands, Canary Islands uh, in Spain. And I live in the US, Atlanta, Georgia, and I come from Mexico. <laughs> so it's a, a huge mix. So um, you, I think you came to Atlanta after your graduation. Um, yeah, exactly. Was there any specific reason for that? Like, um, I, th I picture in my dreams Mexico as a kind of nice place. I mean, I guess there are some places I don't want to live and I don't want to go <laughs> out after 6 p.m. But uh, what, was, it, was it that bad or did you just want to go to the United States? Um, don't get me wrong. I love Mexico. It's a beautiful place. Uh, but I just came to the U.S. I decided to move to the U.S. looking for better opportunities. Um, so, yeah, as soon as I graduated, I moved to the U.S. And I, I've been here for almost five years now. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you, you like it more there? I really like it here in the U.S. It's, it's cool. It's, you know, cleaner. There's more opportunities. Um, yeah, more opportunities, I would say, especially for software engineers. Um, in Mexico, it's really hard to, to find a job working as a software engineer. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that worked as a software engineer or developers work for companies that are outside of Mexico. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's pretty hard. And also I have family here in the US. That's another reason why I decided Perfect. to move. My yeah. sister lives here. Now my wife, I got married. Uh, yeah, congratulations. I read that. <laughs> uh, it's been almost two years since I got married. So yeah, I mean, my life is here now. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Um, I would assume the food is a bit better in Mexico, but yeah. I haven't been there. It's okay. just from, from Of course. <laughs> I have to, let me just clear that. The, the food in Mexico is the best one that you're going to have. And <laughs> you are not going to find any better food anywhere in the world. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I really like it. My I saw my brother lived near Mexico, so well, not near, but near San Francisco, and they usually went to San Diego because they loved it, and uh, they brought back to Germany all the food they had there. Um, so I, I kind of cool. got a little taste of that as well. Nice. Anyway, uh, we're we're not on a on a food demo today. We want to talk a bit more <laughs> about your apps. Um, but one question up front before we get into your uh, React Native apps. I installed a few few applications and the first thing, yes, I did. The first thing that greeted me was actually a Unity ad. So uh, they had a Unity splash screen. I think it was like a rocket game, which I, by the way, played for about five minutes because I immediately got hooked and didn't want to crash my spaceship nice. on an app. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. So uh, it looks like you started out with uh, Unity. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So when I moved to the U.S., um, 
I wasn't working as a software engineer, you know, I was doing some other things, but on the side, I was trying to build my portfolio so that I could get a job as a software engineer. But um, I didn't know in what kind of field focus on, and I was very interested on creating applications or games. And so I got into Unity. I mm -hmm. had some experience from college with C++ and mm -hmm. Unity uses C Sharp. So it was easy for me just translating my knowledge from C++ to C Sharp. Uh, but also, you know, learning Unity, it's, uh, I would say, fairly large learning curve. curve. Um, and yeah, so I created this application in order to build my, to show it in my portfolio. But then um, I decided to... Well, I, I realized that it was going to be pretty hard for me to get a job doing games. Uh, and mm. there's no, there's not a lot of opportunities. That's why I then I decided to create more applications that, you know, are not games that actually solve a problem. Um, so that's when I got into React Native. Uh, but I really enjoyed creating this application using Unity. I think Unity is a really nice game engine and has a lot of future you know it's been now used to create applications for what's the name of this new apple product um oh, the, the vision, vision pro? os yeah vision oh, yeah. yeah so yeah i mean unity it's great i created this game rockets x and um yeah yeah they, they look definitely cool but i agree i haven't really seen like a job posting looking for a unity developer like Companies usually want to build React Native apps or, or websites or something like that, but I've yeah. pretty much never seen like a lot of companies say, "Hey, we definitely need a Unity developer." <laughs> I, I guess it's is it really just used to build games these days? Um, I think so. Most most of the time, it's just for games. Also, I think you can create like movies mm. and um, yeah, really cool, you know, three D models. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I, I, I haven't used it in a while, almost mm -hmm. three years now, uh, but it's really, really nice and you can do a lot of things with it. But yeah, there's, it's, it's hard to get a job as a Unity developer, uh, but I'm always been more focused on mobile applications. That's why I translated from mobile games using Unity to mobile applications using React Native. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and did you also, did you also at the same time start your own digital studio? Uh, or this happened later. Oh, are, are you talking about Echo Studios? It's... Yeah, or is okay. it not going anymore? <laughs> it's it's like a side project that I have with a friend from college, mm -hmm. but it's just a side project. We we don't do a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, I, I assume you have the YouTube channel and you have the Code with Beto Code with Beto Dev platform, uh, which yeah. also, by the way, I'm going to put the sh uh, link in the notes. There will be okay. new courses, so we're going to have to uh, talk about that as well. The platform, by the way, looks pretty cool. Uh, it, it works really, like really natural, and the site has such a. I can't explain it, but it has like a certain vibe. It feels a bit like React Native. I don't know what 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 styling library did, did you use? Something uh... I used Shadzian library okay. for UI components. He helped me. He saved me a lot of time just creating that. So if he's watching this, thank you so much. <laughs> and I yeah, use Next.js. So yeah. Next.js, TailwindCSS, TypeScript, the usual stuff, you know. For the backend, I, I use uh, AWS Amplify. Yeah. 
Uh, that's an interesting point. So I read a few of your articles and it looked to me as if you're a big fan of AWS and uh, all their services. Uh, in a previous podcast, I had David, I think, who also used a lot of AWS. And I asked him why I should use it and he just said, don't. Because <laughs> I have experience with like Superbase, Firebase, these cloud backends or, or Node.js backends. And he just said, like, stick to what you know. You, you can't get into everything. But from your point of perspective, AWS, like, why do you like it? And, and what's so cool about it? Yeah. Like you said, I'm trying to stick to what I know, which is AWS Amplify. Um, but yeah, it's an alternative for Firebase in this case or Superbase. They offer the same thing. But in my opinion, I would say that AWS Amplify gives you more freedom uh, because mm -hmm. you have this connection with AWS that has a lot of a lot of services that you can plug in into your your backend. And in, in the case of Firebase, for example, you only have like authentication, um, database, real-time database, analytics, I think. Um, well, you have a lot of things as well, but uh, well, my, my, the reason for why I think AWS, it's a little better. It's because I, it allows you to migrate in an easier manner. I think, um, a, a bit, I mean, like a two months ago, I had to move out my users so that I can put them in in a service to send emails. Mm -hmm. So I had to abstract my, my users and I had to run just one line of code on the AWS CLI. And they got me this huge JSON object <laughs> that then I had to, you know, apply just a Python script to get the data formatted. And, and I had a really nice experience. So I thought, I mean, this was super easy to just move out of out of a um, Cognito, which is my authentication, my authentication service. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you also have the CLI, which allows you to just grab your stuff, your data. And maybe if, if you want to change the service one day, you can simply pull your data and get out of AWS. Also, uh, you know, they have this really nice console. They have support for GraphQL. Uh, so mm. they give you the queries. It's really easy to make mutations queries from the client side. And they have um, Lambda functions. I mean, you can do whatever you want. They have also SNS, so simple notification service. You can send messages, you can send push notifications, emails, whatever you need, they have it. So that's why I think um, staying with AWS, it's going to be easier um, for me to scale in the future, I would say. I, I definitely like your, your sales pitch for AWS. Uh, it definitely got me. I, I didn't know that, like, I, I guess I heard about it before. So, like, the, the messaging or the stuff that you can have or the cognito. Um, but, yeah, hearing it again from you, it, it definitely totally makes sense. Um, especially, I, I like this stuff for just in general for mobile app development. That's why I also like Superbase or Firebase. Like you don't yeah. really have to bring up your own server, but um, you, you, I guess you have used Firebase at least once or something, checked it out. So yeah. is it from your point of perspective easier to get started with stuff like Firebase than, than AWS Amplify? Or is it really just a short onboarding for Amplify and then you can just do whatever you want? It's easier to start with Firebase. Okay. Easier for beginners, easier to code, 
you have this really nice listener when the authentication changed, for example, you know, everyone right. wants to integrate authentication on their application <laughs> yeah. and having this, uh, this listener, it's called, uh, on -off changed. Change. yes. Yeah. Uh, it's really nice. You have this, so you can authenticate the user in another screen and suddenly you get this event and authenticate the user. Um, Amplify has a, an, a listener like that, but Firebase, it's very easy to inst install, to configure it, two clicks, you have your backend and, um, to integrate third party authenticators like, um, Google, um, GitHub, you know, whatever it's very easy. Also, I would say that the SDK it's better for react native and for react apps than the AWS, um, amplify SDK. And also if you want to authenticate with email, you would need to, if you are using AWS amplify, you would need to like manage your own, your, your own logic, I would say mm -hmm. to have the flow for forget password, have the mm. flow for confirm the authentication email. And with a, with Firebase, I think it's easier. You can just send a link if you are trying to authenticate with email or you can just simply authenticate with Google. And I would say it's easier. Also the, the database, uh, they are using also a non-SQL database, mm -hmm. which allows you to save whatever you need. Yeah. Uh, you can all change the data all the time. You can also do that with amplify with GraphQL, but, um, you will need to learn GraphQL. You will need to learn how to make a query. Um, they auto generate the code for you when you create a schema, but you need to, to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's a learning curve harder if you are using AWS amplify, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's really solid. I would say. And that's a, that's a nice comparison. Yeah, I, I felt as the same that Firebase is really easy to get started. Like just run the config, and then you can just do the authentication. You can do password reset. You can pretty much do everything. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's great for beginners. It's and it, it also. It's, I mean, it's also great for big companies. Like some big companies are yeah, using exactly. Firebase. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can use it for whatever you want. But yeah, it's easier for beginners. It's friendly. It's easy to use. There's a lot of community out there that can help you if you get stuck and in Amplify it's a little harder, I would say. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't really like stuff like the security rules in Firebase. I, I mean, they made it better and they have like an emulator to test the rules and stuff, but it's still a bit magic to me. And I'd rather just have my own authentication. And I guess with Amplify, I can just configure it in a more traditional way. Like if I just wrote my Node.js server, uh, I guess Amplify would feel a bit more like that and just connecting to a database and yeah. uh, enabling these services. And you're also, I mean, it's it's uh, Amazon versus Google. So <laughs> some people yeah. also make the decision dependent on that. Yeah, um, exactly. So um, now that we've cleared that you're clearly an AWS fan, uh, I'll get back <laughs> to your YouTube channel. And um, you initially started a YouTube channel in Spanish, right? Uh, that's very interesting. I think that channel didn't got a video lately. Um, did you now transition to the new English channel? And what was your like initial plan for YouTube? Uh, maybe go back a few years to when you started. I actually don't know. Was it years ago or was it just a month ago? Um, I started my YouTube channel in Spanish like three years ago. 
Okay. Um, when I was learning React Native two years, three years ago, I don't really remember. Um, but when I was learning, you know, I just came to the US. I didn't speak English very well. Still, my English is not very well. But um, I was learning. I was trying to create an application so that I can put it on my resume and someone <laughs> yeah. hire me. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to create this application called Lovers, and, and you can also check it out on the platform. Uh, it's already available there. But I noticed that for Spanish, Spanish speakers, it's really hard to find tutorials, content. There's a couple of videos, but really good content, high quality that really teach you why you do this, how you do this, and it works, it's really hard. I remember I was trying to integrate authentication and um, I couldn't find anything like good. So I had to search in English. I find a couple of videos, but still, even in English, it was really hard to find information about how you authenticate users with React Native. Back in the day, you know, two years ago. Yeah. And I was trying to use AWS Amplify, so what's a less content? <laughs> There's more content about Firebase and all that. But yeah, so that's why I decided to, as soon as I learned something, for example, how to authenticate, I decided to create a video because I knew that it was going to help me to reinforce my learning. And also I created a video like five years ago before that, uh, just creating a tutorial that I that I did about, you know, something on Windows. I don't really remember. Uh, and it got like 550K views and <laughs> I didn't do anything. YouTube was paying me at the time for that video, just one video. Um, so I, I decided to start creating content. I know I knew that it was a gap on this content and to reinforce my learning. So I created one, two, three, four, five videos in Spanish. But the the channel didn't really didn't really you know grow a lot okay. super quickly, but still I keep keep posting. I enjoy creating videos like that. Um, but something really really cool start to happen, right? I start to get more views, more views, and more people asking me, "Please create this tutorial," or "How do I do this? How do I do that?" It's not working. Beto, it's not working. Why is not working? <laughs> so. I I knew that they were going through the same thing that I went when I was learning. And I decided to create a, a React Native course instead of just creating a lot of videos that no one knows in which order to follow. So I, you know, create this React Native course, but like like you may notice, I like to over-engineer things. That's why I created codewithveto.dev because I wanted to create my own platform my own feeling, like you said, um, and put it there. So yeah, I started to doing it. It had, it was a lot of work just creating the course and creating the platform. Uh, but I created the MVP and I told people, Hey, I'm going to create a course. And, and I just said, I'm going to create a course. I, I don't have it yet, but people start <laughs> getting into, into the course. So that really showed me that people were willing to, you know, in this case, enrolling to the course uh, for in order to get valuable resources or in order to really learn 
how to use React Native from zero to all the way to publishing your application on the App Store and Google Play. And that's also why I tried it to, based on my, on my experience, I tried to put these lessons in order, like starting what is React Native? Uh, who invented React Native? What is Expo? Why do I need to use Expo? And then change to how can I style? How can I use a button? And then moving forward, how do you, how, how do I add navigation? So I tried to put it in an order in which people that doesn't have any experience would follow the order and at the end of the day have a really good understanding. Then for example, we have state management. You already know how to move between screens, state management, how to integrate a backend service like Firebase, AWS, how to publish your application. So there's a lot of things. And when beginners are trying to learn how to create an application, you don't know their background, but most people, in my experience, most people just are trying to build something, are trying to build an application, and they don't know anything about React Navigation, React Net Router, mm-hmm. AWS Authentication. What's the difference between MongoDB and Firebase? <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard just looking at tutorials, you know, this tutorial hell that, that a lot of people get stuck on. Sure. So I tried to fix that and that's why I decided to create the course. But another thing happened. I started to get people from all around the world enrolling into the course in Spanish. So they didn't speak Spanish, but did, I got Did they read that it was in Spanish? Did they know it? Yeah, they knew. Uh-huh. The, the content was in Spanish and I had an example lesson there in Spanish. So people got into the, the course and they send me messages and emails telling me that, hey, Beto, I saw your content. I don't really understand Spanish, but it looks that it works. It looks great. <laughs> it looks that you know what you're talking about. So I've been following the video uh, and it worked for me. Um, so I was very surprised to see that, that people, you know, I mean, from China, from Germany, from the US were enrolling into the course. So man, so then I, that's why I decided to start my YouTube channel in English. So I had like three videos in Spanish that I, that I knew that they were getting a, a little bit of views, like the chat application, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. then like to do apps, something like that. So I just bottom grabbed sheet. these videos, <laughs> yeah, bottom shift. I grabbed these videos and did voiceover in English. Ah, nice. Trying to practice my English as well and create code with Veto. I, I didn't, I know I didn't think it was going to work, but I was blown away when these videos starting to get more views than my Spanish YouTube channel. So then I realized, man, I'm missing out. There, there's a lot of views here. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I started to create um, content in English. And it's it's another thing, you know, when I started to create content in English, people started started reaching out to me, people from Expo, People from all around the world, they told me that my content is great, keep it up. And man, I mean, now I try to keep 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 up with both Spanish and English. I, I want to keep creating content in Spanish because I know, you know, there's there's this huge barrier mm-hmm. of the language. And that's why I want to. I mean, it's not 
it's not hard for me to create a video in Spanish because it's the language I know, but mm -hmm. it's time as well that I have to invest on that, record again in Spanish, the same thing. But I, I would like to keep going and keep doing that. I mean, I, I get the same request. Some people ask me to do like content in German, um, mm -hmm. that happens, but it's just like, yeah, I would love to, but it's a numbers game and yeah, I don't have time for, for that. Of course I would like to do it because some people, there are people in Germany speaking only German or don't really understand the English very well. Um, it just happens and that's the same for Spanish, but with Spanish people, I, I don't know the numbers for Spanish people, uh, Spanish speaking people in the world, but Germany is about 80 million. So I don't know with Austria and the other, it's maybe, I don't know, 100, 100, 200 million. And I exactly. guess uh, Spanish is, I don't know uh, how many. <laughs> I mean, so you got to reach a lot who, more. Yeah, there's a lot of people who speak Spanish. And, you know, I had a, a, I had a really nice experience yesterday. One of the people who follows my YouTube channel lives here in Atlanta, Georgia. And he, he, he sent me a message on LinkedIn and he asked me, Hey Beto, let's go for a coffee. Talk a little bit. I, I saw you on YouTube and <laughs> I thought, Oh man, that's really cool. Let's go. So I went yesterday with this guy. His name is, um, Thiago. He's from Brazil. Ah. He doesn't really speak English very well, but we were able to communicate with each other. Um, and he told me, he showed me this, this platform for developers in Portuguese that has millions of users and the CEO sold this company of courses to someone else for $50 million. And I was thinking like in Portuguese, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And he told me that a lot of developers, 99% or 95% of developers in Brazil work for companies outside Brazil or they use do it for the US and all that. So I think there's a huge opportunity right now for anyone who wants to create content or solve a problem specifically for software engineering, because we have a lot of areas, React Native, React, CSS, whatever you want <laughs> to focus on, backend, Node.js, whatever you want to focus on, there's, I would say there's at least 1 million people that is, that could get your product. Right. So that's why I, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity, no matter the language. Also, it's a really, it's really good for you. If you share your, your knowledge, it's, it's really helps you to reinforce your learning really helps you to meet really nice people like Simon, like the <laughs> expo team. I mean, I got my job, my current job because my boss saw my video on how to sign in with Google. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. So he, he reached out to me. He told me, you want to work with me? Okay, let's go. Let's do it. And that's it. Just yeah, that's, I create videos. That That's so interesting. Like I, I have a lot of to unpack here. Uh, I made some notes. So first I really like that you just learned stuff and then made the videos. That is just like the playbook way of creating good content and exactly. to be honest i kind of followed it as well like when i now got started with react native after years of cordova and capacitor and angular mm -hmm. um i just tried to whenever i stumbled upon something just like uh react native cli versus expo that's my my example because that's like the first thing you see and i'm like what i don't know um, and if you like make a mental note or just keep a notes file of these problems, and I try to do that, 
you have like an infinite archive already of ideas. And as you go, if you build your own projects just like you did, and then you come across, okay, I, I have used Google sign-in. Well, that was kind of challenging. Like everything that takes more than 10 minutes, and if I need to Google and get into the fifth result, I know that others will have the same problem. Like I, I'm not an idiot, um, but if it takes me half an hour or an hour to figure stuff out, then it will definitely take others the same time. And if I can provide something to them that takes 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I've saved them a lot of time. Uh, exactly. That's that's where I came from. And I really like that, that you also follow exactly the same approach, even if you felt like not super comfortable about English. I can totally understand that. Um, I'm from Germany. So if I look back at my initial videos, I mean, my English was okay because we learned it in school and Uh, but I still think I got a lot better, especially after doing podcasting and just feeling more like natural, but also like being engaged, like my first videos. Hello, this is Simon. And today we are doing this. I don't know how anyone could watch those videos. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> sorry if you did, but that's just how you get started. And if you look at other big channels and just scroll down the videos to where they got started, you will find that they were really shitty in the beginning as well. Like Fireship <laughs> didn't start as the perfect Fireship channel. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he also had some yeah. really poor videos in the beginning. So mm -hmm. yeah, just for, to everyone, just keep doing this. Um, it is it is great. I mean, not everyone wants to become self-employed or become a creator and build up this business, but It just helps people to to share this kind of information, even if you don't want to be a big YouTuber or anything else. Um, and that's the other thing. This just opens doors that you don't expect that they even exist. Absolutely. Like you, you got a job because you created a video. Yeah. If I had told you this up front, you would have said, nah, come on, yeah. not me, not yeah. me, not, not Beto. Um, and <laughs> and that's like, it's so funny over the years I had, These stuff happen over and over, like companies suddenly reach out and want to like work with you or are interested and can you do this? Or um, I'm now doing sponsored content like an influencer and I'm like, wow, I, I never Ooh. thought that is possible in, in the yeah. tech world, but, but it is, but it is. Um, so you, you should be prepared for the, for the unexpected uh, when you put yourself out. And, exactly. Um, And just like you, you did really great with your code with Beto um, platform. I probably wouldn't have coded it myself. I mean, I did this for Galaxies now. Uh, there was to some degree a tiny mistake as well because I wanted, should have focused on the content first. Um, but what is I your tech stack? I, I just wanted to quickly know for code with Beto because it looks really good. Uh, front yeah. end was Next.js uh, and yeah. I guess REST Amplifier. <laughs> Next.js, now I'm using App Router. AWS okay. Amplify for the backend. I use Stripe for the payments, CSS. I mean, Tailwind CSS. Um, what else? We, I have like a lot of tools here. I'm using Markdown for, for the blog, the courses, the lessons of the courses. Are the lessons like videos or written? I, I haven't been in the inside area yet. They are videos. And also we have like um, conceptual overview behind it. I mean, at the bottom of the video. Um, mm. So you can see the video and then see some extra resources down there, like the source code and the usual stuff. By the way, your English, it's really good. I understand <laughs> you very well. I have talked with people that I don't really understand and your English is very good. Congratulations on that. Um, <laughs> how did you learn it? I mean, how did you practice it? Do you have like friends who speak English or? No, you... not really. Uh, we once had a Spanish friend and we tried to learn Spanish. So I understand quite a lot of Spanish, but that, oh, that didn't nice. work for English because her English wasn't really great. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I think it just happened like um, from recording these videos. So I've now self-employed for seven years and I started my blog. I don't know. It must have been like 10 years almost ago. Um, and I just keep like everything in the tech world that we read about programming. It's English, uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. So everything, every news article that you read, at some point I transitioned to just reading English books. So I forced myself to, to read in English and, mm -hmm. um, I have this like five minute journal, like for gratitude writing in the morning and evening. And for years, I now also try to write in English always to put my thoughts in English. And to be honest, at this point, when I now, like after a day, I go out for a 30 minute walk or so, I usually have thoughts in English. Like it just, some parts just feel more natural. Um, and I, I, yeah, and I think that's that's what people like my English teacher in school said. At some point, you're gonna think in English, and I think I I, I kind of reached that level. Um, just this morning, I talked to a friend who lives in Japan, a designer, and um, I told him that I have problems. Like I can perfectly discuss every technical stuff with you, but if I should now tell you what I did in the garden or uh, like where which part of my body hurts and and what I did to it. Sorry. I would probably struggle a lot because like there's yeah. doctors speak and outside. I don't, I don't know how the tools are named outside. So, exactly. It, it happens to me. Yeah. And he said he he doesn't know about like he, he's very well good with Japanese, mm -hmm. but he he doesn't like fish. And uh, that's a problem because the Japanese <laughs> culture is a lot based on, on fish and different fish. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't know the words, the right words. So, Brett, I'm, I'm sorry I'm exposing you here. Uh, I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to do this, but he's an awesome guy. He helped me design galaxies. Nice. Um, anyway, by the way, the design... Um, I wanted to quickly talk about the design of the cores uh, of Code with Beto because I think you did a really great job of uh, structuring this. Did this just come naturally to you? Because I know some people are just, they jump around from topic to topic. And um, I think this kind of makes a good teacher. I'm not going to say teacher because you are somewhat of a teacher. I had to accept that at some point as well. Um, but, yeah. but like, how did you structure this? Uh, how did you come up with that structure? Because to me, it makes totally sense how you did it. Yeah. Uh, well, like I mentioned before a little bit, um, I tried to, well, when, when I was thinking on, on these lessons, I sat down and think about it, like for one day, how would I be able to learn this stuff? Or how would I be able to ship an application uh, knowing at least the basics of everything I need to know before I jumped into integrating authentication with Google, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's why I decided to create first the introduction. First, what is React Native? Because when I was learning, when I was trying to find out what should I learn to build my application, I read a lot of things about you should use React Native. You can create applications for Android and iOS. You also have Swift, you also have Xcode, um, Java, Kotlin for Android. Uh, so I read that you can create applications for both platforms with the same code base, but I didn't really knew that Facebook or Meta was the creator of React Native. <laughs> um, I didn't really know that it was a framework open source. I didn't really knew anything else. So I just, saw this tool, I grab it and learn it. So I started by, by the history of React Native. What is React Native? And then we also have Expo. That is really confusing when you are yeah. starting, to learn, starting to learn React Native. They tell you, use Expo. What is Expo? What's going on here? 
So should I use React Native or should I use Expo? What what are those? So what is Expo? Then I then I jumped into the setup. How you get your computer to run applications using React Native. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I think that I tried to structure these these lessons in the way that made sense to me to learn in order to create an app, a basic app. So that's why I created introduction, then components, APIs like button, text, view. And if you come from HTML, you already know these, these tags. So it's really familiar, but still it's different in React Native. So that's why I just talk a little bit about the fundamentals of React. Also, you need to know React before you yeah, jump course, into React Native. So that's another huge thing. When I learned React Native, I didn't know React. So I learned React at the same time and everything was like, what's going on? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think that happens to more people than than we think. Um, yeah. Kind of happened to me as well. Like I did a bit of React web, but then I quickly felt like I want to build nat uh, native apps. I'm not here for the web. Like, yeah, Next.js is cool, but let's go for React Native. Yeah. Um, and I think many people just want to build native apps. And so they jump into React Native. And you know what happened to me when I was learning React? The documentation was in class components. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so started I'm with that. I'm here as well. learning class components and no one else uses it. <laughs> I spent like one week learning class components uh, and then came to React and they are using hooks. And I'm like, what? What's going on here? And it was the official documentation. So it I was, didn't know it was for, so, for so long. I mean, now they have, I think it's React.dev. Yeah, they have now one. this beautiful documentation. But I, I did that as well. And then I, I sent some problem to a friend of mine and he's like, why are you using this? Nobody using this. Like, but, and I was like, I Googled and I used the official documentation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then, well, then in the course we have component styles, then we have style design. And I think after that, you, you should be able to learn navigation after, you know, how to use a text, how to use a view, you need to learn navigation. Then I have performance in debugging. That's another thing when you are trying to learn to create an application, you are going to get errors specific, especially if you are mm, a beginner, yeah. you are going to get a lot of errors with react native. These errors are very tough. So giving you like an idea of how you can solve these errors, it's a nice help or common errors that you can get with react native. For example, when you have a text that is not inside a text tag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, those kind of errors are really hard to debug. There's no, no one knows what's going on, why it's failing. So I try to put this together. Once you have the basics of React, React Native, I integrated state management so you can share state between screens. Um, then uh, also in the navigation part, how to handle authentication. Oh, what is this? <laughs> you can do this if you... <laughs> If you're watching us on YouTube, it looks like if you make a thumbs up, there's a bubble with a thumbs up coming. I, I've never seen this in our <laughs> recording software. Uh, I, I, oh, don't do this. I, I once had a super fancy camera where I, if I made the peace sign or something, it would quit the recording. So please <laughs> don't oh, try okay. to make it. I'm going to stop um, now. Don't worry. I, by the way, I just want to quickly hook into this because today I used some debugging and um there are so many options to debug my React Native app, especially, or they're kind of different when I use Expo. So, for example, I came across, what did I came across? I came across Reactotron, 
Um, I came, of course, we can use the browser tools. We have the React, React Native debugger. Then we have this Flipper application. Yeah. From your point so. of view, like, what is in general the best thing to debug React Native applications using Expo? Using Expo, I think, well, when I created a course like one year ago, I was using this React Native debugger. I don't know if you have mm -hmm. heard of it. It's just a simple console that mm -hmm. shows you the component three of React. Yes. And also you can see the Redux state. Um, it also allows you to manage the local um, async storage, local storage oh. from the console. So that's huge nice. to me. And when I'm trying to debug something, I want to see my state. I want to be able to say, okay, I have this data, yeah. so why is not working? Or what, why do I have on the local storage? And you can check that out with React Native Debugger. Uh, but I think it's not compatible now with the new Hermes, Hermes mm. um, engine. Okay. But if you change the compilation to JavaScript, something like that, you, you need to make like <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, you, you see, it's it's not that easy. So I'm already planning a video on uh, X ways to debug React Native because I'm kind of struggling yeah. with this. Like I try to set up Flipper and then you have to take this step. You have to make a dev client and you need to make this and that. And if you use Reactortron, you need to install and add this line. Like exactly. it's not that easy. I don't know why. Like the browser debugging tools are quite easy and we can easily use them with Expo. And I think they also just recently on their launch days made progress um, they can use some some Apollo debugging client. I, I feel like yeah. they want to make it easier, right? Yeah, it's going to be super easy now for Expo apps. And yeah, it's getting better. Now it's it's hard to debug. Uh, also, well, that's for state management and, and components, but also you can check out the on the application if you enable the selector tools, you can see like how is your UI, how many padding mm -hmm. you have. You also have... Oh, nice. You also have other things that you can enable on the simulator, but it's pretty tough. Um, yeah. Always, most of the time I'm using the console uh, in yeah. some really hard cases that I don't really know what's going on. I use this debugger and that's what I do. Yeah, poor, poor man's logging. I'm, I'm still using it as well. I, I mean, oh, I know how to step <laughs> through my code, but I usually don't do Just it. console log everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Beto, um, your, your course, by the way, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. So for everyone interested, um, there are also notifications, APIs, Firebase, and Amplify in that course. I'm going to put the link again in the notes, codewithbeto.dev, uh, both okay. in English and uh, Spanish available. And I think you're also working on a new course for uh, TypeScript, Master React with TypeScript. I guess that's, that's going to be your uh, next project after this one. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now that I feel very comfortable with React and Next.js, I think I'm ready to create this course. So I'm yeah. pretty sure this is going to be amazing as well because that is another area after debugging TypeScript. I mean, most people use it, but there were like if I look at tutorials, I just skip them when I see a JS ending and I'm always like, I want to see the TS way, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a, I think that's a great idea. Uh, to do this course. Yeah, um, Beto, it was awesome. Uh, as you've seen in the previous videos, you know that I have five quick questions for you to wrap up today's podcast. Um, are right. you ready? Yeah, for I'm the ready. quick fire round? Uh, awesome. <laughs> so first question of the day, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. 
Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm yet to find a big Star Trek fan to have a little discussion <laughs> about that. <laughs> anyway, um, second question, Mac or Windows? Mac, for sure. Nice, yeah. I, f I feel everyone's using it. And then to. I guess uh, favorite IDE is? VS Code. It's amazing. Yes, it is. It is. There's also a new Expo extension, I think. Um, I'm not ex entirely sure what it does, but... Oh, yeah, they uh, have this new theme, I think. It's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, the latest discovered package, library, or service. Anything you stumbled upon lately that you can recommend? Well, yesterday I was playing around with text-to-speech, an API that okay. Google offers. Okay. And also I was playing a little bit with Nest.js, that is for Node backend applications. Yes. And I'm blown away. It's really nice and easy to understand, uh, very well structured. Uh, I was creating this application for a video um, in which you record your voice and then send it to ChatGPT, ChatGPT, grab the response from ChatGPT, translate it to, to speech and send it back to the client. And I had a lot of fun. So <laughs> if you guys want to play around with these APIs that Google offer, it's really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, I think also the, the chat um, or the open AI text-to-speech works incredible. I created it or I used it in one of the Galaxy's courses, oh, nice. like sending, sending audio to it and getting it translated to text. It's amazing how accurate uh, AI is with that. Uh, yeah. By the way, it's funny, you know, um, Nest.js has been one of my favorite ways to build backends because I come from an Angular background and I think you can confirm that getting into Nest.js, it feels or looks a lot like Angular. Um, can you confirm this as I, a React developer? I don't know anything about, about Angular. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, but I, I think if, oh, that would be interesting now getting into Nest.js and then learning Angular, uh, you would feel like, oh. Oh, this is Angular, and then you would see the the uh, similarities between it. What do you um, prefer between quickly? I mean, between Angular and Angular and React. Ooh, that's a hot topic. Okay. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I mean, I have a lot of experience with Angular, so I'm a bit more comfortable with Angular. But oh, to be honest, cool. now picking up React and getting into the ecosystem, there are just so many more packages, and it just like it's so cool that the community is bigger and uh, I kind of value that as well. That's so, another thing, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, last question, your latest useful purchase could be in the Unitroic world, could also be in the offline world. Uh, oh, anything that you purchase in your life? Let me think a little bit. <laughs> My last question, I would say um, ChatGPT4, the subscription. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's quite better than the ChatGPT 3.5. So if you are using ChatGPT a lot, especially me, I use it for, you know, coding and all that, but it, there's a huge difference between GPT-3 and GPT-4. So yeah, I think that's very useful for me. It, it's worth it. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. And that's definitely a useful purchase. So uh, thank you, Beto, for joining us today. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Encantado again. And uh, let us know where can people find more out about you. Yeah, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to codewithbeto.dev or just look look on YouTube for codewithbeto and you're going to find me. That's awesome. I'm going to put the links in the show notes for everyone interested. Um, go subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done weekly episodes coming every Tuesday or also on YouTube. And of course, check out galaxies.dev if you want to learn more 
about React Native. And I would say until next time. Bye.